Good morning, beautiful souls. What's the power of stopping? What's the benefit of stopping? Being able to reflect, to recharge, getting in tune with yourself, hearing the inner knowing, time to question and think, being able to preserve and refuel the soul. Hmm. It's feeling called to go on and connect with you all. So I'm kind of open this morning. So we may have like some questions, maybe a little music here in a moment. But I want to share a little excerpt that I uh, was reading this morning. And it's talking about the power of stopping. And it reads, Buddhist meditation has two aspects, shamatha and vipassana. We tend to stress the importance of vipassana, which is looking deeply because it can bring us insight and liberate us from suffering and affliction. But the practice of shamatha, which is stopping, is fundamental. If we cannot stop, we cannot have insight. There's a story in Zen circles about a man and a horse. The horse is galloping quickly and it appears that the man on the horse is going somewhere important. Another man standing alongside the road shouts, where are you going? And the first man replies, I don't know, ask the horse. <laughs> hmm. This is also our story. We are riding a horse. We don't know where we are going and we can't stop. The horse is our habit energy pulling us along and we are powerless. We are always running and it has become a habit. We struggle all the time, even during our sleep. We're at war within ourselves and we can easily start a war with others. <laughs> hmm. So often we don't even realize that we have this habit energy are these patterns, our ways of being. We identify with them so strongly that we have decided they are us. And we have surrendered our power to the unconscious mind. And I think the, the beautiful thing about that story, the horse, is realizing that's just the horse you're riding. <laughs> And we have the capacity to stopping and pausing, to taking this time <laughs> to get grounded, to become present, right? And that's the beauty of stopping. Just allowing yourself to be with the discomfort of not engaging in the way that that horse might usually engage or that our habit energy might pull you along deciding, oh, this is happening and I have to be a certain way. Instead, taking that space to just pause, notice what's happening, right? Just recognize what's happening. You go, okay, yeah. this was said, now I'm feeling anger, I'm feeling um, confusion or frustration. 
than finding a space to accept it. Okay, I know what's happening, and I'm going to accept it on a certain level. Then you can embrace it, which I think is the really challenging one because we have this heavy attachment to judgment that something is right or wrong. But if we just postpone judgment, you don't have to erase it often. It's, it's uh, a bit easier to get into this space if you think of postponing judgment. Then just embrace it, right? Fear, I know you're there. I promise I'm going to take good care of you. Hold it like a tender baby. <laughs> and as you do, hmm, there's a chance there to look deeply as you would a tender baby, something that you care for, that you love, that you realize that there's a, a beauty in that connection to your pain, your suffering. Then you can see it as a teacher. Be present to the lesson, be present to an opportunity to stop, change your habit, change your pattern. And that's where we get insight. <laughs> right? So, recognition, acceptance, embracing, looking deeply, it's number four. And then after you've looked deeply, you start getting insight. You start recognizing, oh, this is a pattern from my childhood trauma that I no longer want to participate in. So now I have the opportunity to plant new seeds, to create new patterns, to show up to my life with more nuance and grace and compassion and flexibility, presence. And that's the power of stopping, right? So this chapter is actually called Stopping, Calming, Resting, Healing. So the stop is just taking that time to be present. The calming happens as you embrace and accept what's happening, gain the insight. And then you can rest there and just be with that insight. You don't even have to do anything immediately. And in that resting space, there's so much healing. Heal, feel to heal, feel to heal. Don't do. Doing <laughs> perpetuates the pattern that you don't want. But taking that time just to be present with it, that's why I'm always asking you, how is your heart? We see the things happening in the Middle East. We see the things happening in Sudan. You see the things happening in Congo. You see the things happening right in your own home where you're at odds with one another and you're each trying to fight to be heard. But if you stop, right, the habit energy, if you take a moment to pause, I'm not saying there isn't valid emotions on either end of that experience. What I'm saying is they're perpetuating a never-ending pattern, which is why some of these wars and um, conflicts have been going on for scores, hundreds of years decades, weeks, and they could just be a moment of insight and healing and transformation. So instead of projecting the discomfort entirely on the other, taking that time to be with it, to feel it, to know it well, to recognize it, accept it, embrace it, and look deeply. And in that space, <laughs> once you've rested and healed, you can show back up to 
the other with your new insights outside of that pattern, creating space for more flow and freedom in your life. We've lost sight of nuance. We've lost sight of the ways that we can liberate ourselves through presence, through feeling. So when I'm asking you, how is your heart? What I'm asking you is, have you taken a moment to stop? <laughs> Just stop, right? Just stop and be with it. Be with what's happening inside of you because that's where it all is happening. Your emotional turmoil, your discomfort, it's all happening with in you. <laughs> Within, within, within. Hmm. And when you have that moment to just transition out of those old patterns, you realize, oh, <laughs> I can move through my whole life differently. You can bring that restful state of presence and openness to everything. Right, because the opposite of mindfulness is forgetfulness. And how often have you been so in thought that you forget that you're also walking in a beautiful path in nature? Or you're driving, or you're so absent from your dishes, you're in yesterday's conflict. Right? And that's the point of the practice of mindfulness is to be present so that you don't forget yourself and lose yourself. <laughs> hmm. So I want to open this space as a, a conversation. What comes up for you around this topic? What are you working through? What questions do you have? I deal with addiction to numb my pain. How can I let go so I can be more present? Mm. Again, that's the stop, the pause, right? Because many times we avoid, right? We're not just riding the horse, but if we feel it going in the direction of our pain, we'll try to avoid or numb. And we all do this in varying degrees. And addiction is one of the more, more radical um, degrees that we can choose. So, one, I would say, if you're dealing with addiction, find the support that you need that deals with that addiction, if it's alcoholism or some other substance. Find a group, find a specialist. Um, but beyond that, is learning how to deal with the pain, right? To feel. And what helps me in the moment, so if I get triggered or if I have a heavy emotion, is to remember the connection between emotion and imagination. And what I mean is they're linked, intrinsically linked, emotion and imagination. Because the way you feel is entirely based on the way you think, right? The way you imagine our reality, your construct, and there's many parts of our construct that are unconscious or subconscious. 
And so we may have a subconscious belief of our own unworthiness. So if someone says something that triggers that belief, now we feel a certain way and we project it onto the other as it is entirely their doing. And while they play a role, they are not the sole reason why we feel this way. Right? But in that feeling, you not only blame the other or blame whatever experience, but you also generally will feel that this feeling will last always. That's the other imaginative part of it. You create these narratives, right? What I'm feeling in this moment will last always. Not true, but that's what we believe. That's the imagination coming in with the emotion. So, so, so many layers. And if I can remember in that moment, or just to question it, is that true? Will it last always? Will I really feel like this always? No, it's not true. Hmm. And then even the broader view. Hmm. If I don't feel this now, I'll be running from it, maybe always, <laughs> right? But if I do feel it, if I take this season, this moment to breathe and be with it, or if it's something bigger this season, these weeks, to make space for it. I'm gonna have a half hour here. I'm gonna make half a day here to be with this thing or to process it. Then that, that turns into a plan for freedom, for liberation, for expansion, for growth. Even if you are in rehab, like this person who's dealing with addiction, I don't know if they're in rehab, but in the case of addiction, we understand that there's a season where you're gonna have withdrawals, right? Withdrawals from that pattern. And many of us are addicted to our suffering in that way because it becomes our comfort zone. I know how to deal with disappointment. I know how to deal with scarcity. I know how to deal with lack. But many of us don't know how to hold the frequency of abundance, of wholeness, of worthiness, and that's what we have to learn. And so in another way, we stay in our comfort zone by resisting those emotions. But remembering, right? What I'm feeling now doesn't have to last always. That's also a belief that we create, which is a whole funny kind of a Ouroboros, if you will. But if you let go of that belief and challenge it and realize, oh, there's plenty of people who have worked through this thing and transcended and transformed their lives. And I'm no different. They're humans just like me. That gives you a, a new perspective to be able to sit with it. And as you start to sit with it, finding practices that help you to stay grounded and centered right out of the heaviness of the motion. So many times it's just staying in your body. So if your brain wants to be in all these spaces of worry and it perpetuates a, an even bigger emotion, get back into the body, get out of those thoughts, get out of yesterday, get out of tomorrow, get into the now, which is why one of the most common practices with meditation is to connect to the breath. Right? Breathing in, I know I'm breathing in. Breathing out, I know I'm breathing out. Or breathing in, I smile at my anger. Breathing out, I release anxiety and worry. Or, if that feels like too much, just start naming the sensations in your body. I have an elevated heart rate. I have um, sweaty palms. What's happening in the body? Right? Just start naming it. when you do that, you immediately start to ground. It already starts to feel lighter. 
right? And you become present to the power of the stopping. You also become a witness to how your emotion and imagination are intrinsically linked. And when you get out of your imagination and you get into the present moment, into reality, you liberate yourself. It's the only moment that we have access to. The only moment we have an opportunity to change and rearrange things. So as you're processing how to be with that pain, make space for yourself in a new way, right? Becoming present to the body is very um, simple but powerful practice. Hmm. And then when you're present, if you want to do something, for me, what was really powerful is just journaling, right? So after you've grounded your energy and you want to process it, right? The recognition, the acceptance, the embracing, the looking deeply, and the insight. For me, it's always been journaling. And so I would just journal everything I was feeling, stream of consciousness. Um, this is my RISE journal practice. I created a journaling practice called the RISE journal. And you recognize everything that you're feeling, right? Create space for acceptance, being honest about it. Embrace it. And then there's a moment to inquire, look deeply, ask questions about it, be curious. Where did this come from? Why am I longing for this pattern? And in that practice, I would usually ask my heart <laughs> because I'm so connected or attached to these limiting beliefs. It's sometimes I can get lost in the egoic mind. So I ask my heart, my intuition, my inner knowing which is, that in itself is such a transformative practice, right? To connect to your intuition in that way, create a space for it and to honor it. And then to hold that wisdom with an open hand, right? And then start writing what is true. What is true about my experience? What is true about what I want to create? And how can I minimize my incoherences, the places where what I want and what I'm doing don't line up to create more heart and mind coherence to create alignment with the highest desires of my heart, the highest desires of my soul, my highest vision of my life, highest interpretation of this human experience. How can I embody that? Right? And so showing up to that regularly, showing up to that daily creates a space for grounding, healing and transformation. So I hope that helps you. And if you're interested in the RISE journal, there should be links to it in my um, website, a soul called joel.com. Uh, it's in Amazon and many other stores. Also, um, if you're looking for a community to help you move through these things, this is why we meditate every morning. <laughs> it's not about sitting in silence alone. It's about healing, transforming and becoming present to what's happening within you. So all of that's there for you. Of course, you don't have to do it in my community. I hope that you do it wherever it resonates because ultimately I have a deep desire for us all to transition into a greater state of emotional awareness, emotional maturity, emotional intelligence. And that comes from stopping and sitting, stopping the habit energies, pausing the pattern and becoming present to our purest 
intentions, our purest desires, and what's beneath the surface. Hmm. Someone's saying on TikTok, you have a morning meditation. Yes, I do. Every morning at 7.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, um, we have a 30-minute meditation on a private feed on Zoom. And those are for members of my Beautiful Souls Online community. So that membership includes daily meditations. Um, and of course, if you can't make that time, there's an archive of, of every session that we have called Tools for the Soul. And there's over 250 meditations. We've been doing this every day since the beginning of the year. Um, and workshops, monthly workshops. We just had one on radical listening and um, others on anger and processing emotions and so many more. Also monthly sound bath and sharing circles where you can have discussions with others. Because I think one of the trickiest part of this journey is when you're feeling alone, when you're feeling isolated, you don't have that support of community. And that's the real gift of the Beautiful Souls community. So if that resonates, you want to give it a shot, um, check out the link at my website, a soul called Joel. Com. Can you say more about holding the frequency of abundance? <laughs> yeah, certainly. It's really simple. And frequency is a vibration, right? And what is a vibration? It's an undulation, a wave. Right? So talk about low vibrations, low frequency like scarcity, which many of us are very comfortable with. And it's a very big wave. It's very dynamic. And so it's loud. Um, and we hold that by the thoughts that we hold, thoughts we keep and the actions we take. So look at how it operates in your body, right? Scarcity. You want something, but you don't try for it. Why? Because you don't believe in yourself on some level. And that's the very short version, but in between that, right, the action and the belief is this middle space of ambiguity where we create this narrative of excuse, 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 excuse. I can't do it because of this. I can't do it because of that. I can't. And it's all that imagination run wild against you. That's all it is. Because the, the truth is, if you really wanted something, you would just do it, right? But that takes courage and that takes a strong, that courage comes from a, a place of abundance, of your own worthiness, of your own capacity, of your own ability, right? So abundance is realizing that your capacity is limitless, right? In the mental, emotional realm, obviously, as human beings, our hands and our bodies can only hold and do so much. But our vision, <laughs> that's our greatest gift. So holding that frequency is all about speaking worthiness into your life, speaking truth to what you really want to create, right? So I would ask you, what does abundance mean to you? And how does it show up in your life, right? For a long time, I was afraid to even show up in this space and be online because I was scared of putting myself out there. What if people don't agree with me or have the same perspective? And how would I deal with this energy coming at me that wasn't in alignment with who I know myself to be? 
and I was trying to control the uncontrollable, had all these excuses. Scarcity, right? And I realized, well, of course, that's always going to happen. <laughs> so it's a very like simple um, shift, and it may sound silly now, but no matter what you do, people either love it, hate it, or not care, right? Some somewhere in one of those big three. And that doesn't mean anything's wrong with you or what you're doing necessarily. It's just a fact of life. Everybody's in a different stage of life. Everybody is in a different state of their awareness and have different reasons for being and different goals and orientations towards different activities and thought systems and belief systems and ideas. So recognizing that what I have is valid, recognizing that what I have to offer is beautiful. And not only is it beautiful, it it is my very reason for being. And then taking myself out of it, my own fears, but thinking about the impact it might have for others is liberating. That's abundance. Connecting to the endless capacity of that butterfly effect of your thoughts, words, and actions, and the feelings, and how they might transform the world infinitely. Right? That's abundance. If you think about, you know, I'm looking outside my windows right now and I'm seeing the forest that surrounds me. The abundance. <laughs> right? Like those, those plants, those trees are receiving the abundance of water and nutrients in the soil. The abundance from the air. They're receiving carbon, carbon from the air that makes up their physical form. What? Even when we lose weight, it is moving out through the breath, the same carbon. <laughs> Most of the weight we lose is through our breath, which is so wild. It's a scientific fact. And all of the support, right, comes in through our food and the air we breathe. In the same way, holding the frequency of abundance is how in this very moment do you sit with those uncomfortable feelings enough to understand that feeling is just a frequency of scarcity or fear not abundance of love right not abundance of my capacity for courage kindness grace that's what all of these things are about abundance Hmm. Abundance. Abundance, abundance. <laughs> to be far beyond any expression of your life that is not rooted in worthiness. That is not rooted in love. That is not rooted in the highest expression of your heart that is not rooted in the highest vision for your life, that is not rooted in the highest expression of your voice. Holding the frequency of abundance. That's what being in the present moment really is. Not attached to anything because you know that your awareness is beyond all of it. And therefore being connected to everything 
because that's what the abundance of the universe is. It's always expanding. It's never limiting itself by these strong, heavy attachments. So that's the practice. I think the other thing I want to add is for me, abundance is knowing that none of us live in a vacuum. Just as we all are connecting to one another in this live, uh, about a hundred on Instagram, a hundred on TikTok, a couple of hundred of us right here, right now. I'm just resting in my own abundance, tapping into the love that's always available to us. And as I've done that more frequently, I get to rest in this state to where some of you say, oh, I can feel your energy through the screen. That's not my energy, that's abundance, that's love. It's what the cosmos are made of. I've only opened myself up to it. I'm only maintaining that frequency because I've learned that's my way to freedom. And my liberation doesn't happen in a vacuum. My liberation is augmented by your liberation, which is why I'm not a self-serving individual. Or maybe I am, only my definition of self includes all everything. We are one. I believe that with every fiber of my being. So as much as I want to say you're welcome, it's, it's a, serendipitously a selfish act from my view, or rather the self and the other is not separate. It's also an illusion. But that's a, that's a rabbit hole we can go down another day. Hmm. This is an interesting question. Someone's asking, what do you do when your abundance runs low, when you don't feel connected? Challenge it, just challenge it. Because in your question, you're stating very clearly your limiting belief. You don't own abundance. Abundance is infinite, it's everywhere at all times. Abundance is every breath that you breathe. Abundance is the gift of your life. Abundance is your beating heart that you have no control over. It's infinite doesn't run low and you don't own it if you think you own abundance or you can claim it you've, you've missed part of it abundance is everything right so the other part of your question when you feel disconnected you disconnect yourself with a limiting belief so get curious about what that limiting belief is what your fear is what is what are the can't statements you're telling yourselves what are the excuses you're telling yourself and in what ways are they emotionally valid? Be with yourself, ground, like we talked about earlier. And then free yourself. <laughs> what ways are they not serving you? And question them, are they true? There may be validity to the emotional expression of those statements, but in the present moment, there may be no truth to those statements. And those are two very important distinctions to make, distinctions to make the validity of your emotions, the way you feel, and the actual truths are fiction of those statements. And then looking for what is true. Hope that helps. Hmm. How do you move forward from a relationship with no closure? You can have closure without talking to the other person if you don't have access to them. I think that's something that, um, another limiting belief we held 
have to talk to this person to get closure. I have to understand why they did or didn't do X, Y, and Z thing. When the reality is you just have to let it go. And understand that on a certain level, you will never know finitely any person, including yourself. It's a falsehood that we like to claim. I know myself completely. No, you don't. You're infinite. <laughs> you can never know yourself completely. Because you're always expanding, you're always changing in every phase of your life. You don't know what you're going to be like one year plus from now. You don't know what's going to happen between today and that day, a year later, or today and tomorrow. Things can completely change. Life could present you with the circumstances you could have never imagined or planned for. And now you're making new decisions that you would have never seen yourself making. Right? These are all illusions. These are all stories we tell ourselves to prevent ourselves from feeling. Rest in the uncertainty. Rest in life. <laughs> so, if you want to get closure, first let go of the limiting belief. Rest in the abundance that closure is always available to you. And get curious about what you wanted out of that relationship and how you can give that to yourself. And what they wanted in that relationship, or at least your understanding of that. And how you can acknowledge the misalignment. And how you can create space for the greatest alignment with a new partner or with yourself. Close the chapter and move forward. We don't have to make it so heavy. Oh, this is an interesting one. Okay, this will be the last question this morning. I'd love to receive some guidance on how to start showing up on social media, sharing my wisdom and light. There is resistance, but a higher calling. Hmm. I can relate. Um... So here's what comes to mind. I think there are many individuals, I've talked to many of them, who were shy introverts like myself, empaths like myself, with all these fears. And so I think leaning back into what I stated earlier, no matter what you do, people will love it, hate it, or not care, right? So knowing that, how do you as an empath with fear, right? Feeling that resistance, fear. How do you embrace that? How do you manage that? Because that's really what we're talking about. And when I say that, it's, it's the long view. How do you, because you need consistency in this space. And that's a deep practice of abundance. What we've been talking about, all these things are really one thing. For me, it's always been important to keep it simple. So how do you fill up your storehouse every day? That's what meditation is for me. I clear my canvas, I let everything go. Yesterday's experiences, tomorrow's worry, as they arise. And I create a space of deep abundance, connecting to universal loving kindness, knowing that I am standing on the shoulders of my ancestors who faced far greater trials than I will ever have to face. And they made it through. And they planted seeds, <laughs> the trees, knowing they would never sit in their shade, but they knew that I would get to sit in their shade. And that was what propelled them. So is your vision greater than your fear? 
right? Is your vision greater than your fear? Because fear will always be there. Resistance will always be there in some capacity. So getting curious, what is my vision? If I were unabashedly expressing what I want to create, what is that? Be very specific. If you can't write it in a sentence, you need to take more time with it. And it should take time, right? This big vision, your big purpose, be intentional, take time. Then once that's clear, start naming your fears. Okay, if people don't like it or, you know, don't have a refined way of sharing or whatever it might be. And then allow yourself to be a beginner. It's new. When I first started sharing, I'll share a bit about my strategy. I knew for myself that I am love and liberation. That's my definition of who I am. Meaning I want to show up as loving and liberating to myself to the best of my ability in every moment. And I also want to show up in a capacity that is loving and liberating to others to the best of my ability in every moment. Very clear. It's an expansive identity, right? So I want you to think about an expansive identity for yourself also, whatever that might be. Ask your heart. For me, my process was asking who am I every day for six months in meditation and arriving at that answer very clearly, very loudly, and it resonated in every part of my being. Now getting clear about your vision. My vision is I want to help accelerate the emotional evolution of our world through the power of mindfulness and meditation. That's my vision. And I do this through my unique gifts as a musician, as a poet, as a speaker, as a meditation teacher. That vision is far greater than any fear about my insecurities of what I look like or as someone with a weak left eye I've never been able to see out of this eye very well and being insecure about that for a long time in my life if it drifts or if it was lazy and worrying about what other people would think. And then finally getting to a place where people are always going to think whatever they want to think. And if I don't love myself well enough to show myself even when there is something that is beyond my control, right? beyond any condition that I could tame, then how could I ever embody and be present to love being others in that way, right? And so I used it as a practice. So I had my identity, I had my vision for the world, and I named my fears. So that's one of dozens of fears, and I'm not gonna name them all, but you could probably imagine what they might be. And then I decided to allow myself the gift of evolving out loud, of embracing my humanity and creating a safe container when I was at my most fragile at the beginning of my journey to share consistently without um, succumbing to the fear. So what that meant for me at beginning of end of 2020 was I was intuitively drawn to go share on TikTok social media. I'd get on every day intuitively. I'd connect to my heart and I would allow myself just to be so at that time, I was going through a divorce. <laughs> I was going through a big move and a career transition, big three. But I was unabashedly surrendering to my heart space 
every day out loud, learning how I wanted to share, learning what I wanted to share. And I think my first live streams, there was like seven people in there for about six months, seven to 20 people. <laughs> and I didn't care, I was so joyful and I was so pleasant because it wasn't about the numbers. It was about the journey. It's about the process. And it was about knowing that what is today won't last always. My vision was greater than my fear. My vision was greater than my insecurities. And I practiced embodying it. And I learned how to ground my energy as I inevitably got trolls or any kind of negative feedback. And through that experience, I developed a process how to ground energy in real time for myself. I learned what works for me. And I learned that no matter what anybody else thinks of me, no one has the authority, the power, or the ability. <laughs> to debase me and to lower me beyond anything that I don't already believe. My own limiting beliefs. So when I felt untruths coming in from others, I let them be their own untruths about me are their own misunderstandings about me. And as I shared, those who aligned with me naturally stayed around. And those who didn't, they found their places of alignment. So I want to encourage you because we need all hands on deck <laughs> with what's happening in the Middle East, what's happening in our homes locally, wherever you may be in the world. There's a lot of discord and misunderstanding and broken hearts all riding that horse that they don't have control over. So I hope that my story and my perspective on that has resonated with you in a beneficial way to help you do what you're supposed to be doing if that's sharing on social media. Hmm. <laughs> so I think that's all I have time for today. Um, I want to say thank you all to you for hanging out and showing up, hold this space and create a container for all of us to connect to our hearts more deeply. Be well, beautiful souls, and we'll see you soon. Much love and light. Peace.